welcome to this King's Church talk. We hope that you really enjoy it. If you have any questions, please email us on admin at kingscc.org or you can go to the website www.kingscc.org. Thank you. In fact, two months, we've uh, been very deliberate on uh, focusing on the vision uh, that we believe God's called us to as a local church here in Cockermouth. And very simply, it's summed up in uh, uh, quite a short phrase. It's loving Jesus and making him known. Loving Jesus and making him known. And uh, we'd all be very familiar with the cards now that that's at the heart of our vision, to love him and to make him known. And there are like kind of four aspects of that that we've been looking at. And the first expression of that actually is worship. That's what we've been doing uh, this morning. But apart from that, it's what we give our lives to. And that is very much an expression of our love for Jesus. And the good news is this. He loves us first so we can love him. It's that way round, okay? We don't try to make God interested in our lives. He already is. He loves us. But our response to him is worship. Uh, and then that worship sort of overflows, really, into the lives we live. And as a church, we're passionate about together making an impact into other people's lives. Other people's lives who don't know Jesus, but other people's lives who are crying out for help, the poor, the struggling, all sorts of people that are in desperate need of knowing that actually the love and compassion of Jesus makes a difference. We want to impact lives like that. And we do that in many, many different ways. And then, as well as that, almost like the other arm, as it were, of reaching out, is that to really know how God values you. He values you. And he's called you to have value in wherever he's placed you. And that's less about organized things we do together, but that's more about who we are. But all those things, the, the reaching out and, and the worshiping, they're all possible and only possible because we are rooted in him. And, you know, you could almost superimpose a picture of a tree over, you know, the reaching out, the branches reaching out, and the growing up into him, that actually, as we all know, truths have roots. And that's what we've been focusing on last week, and we're going to uh, just look at again this week. Rooted, okay? It's a biblical word. And what I want to do, let's just spend a few minutes doing, is almost catch the biblical understanding of the word. It's not just saying we've plucked out the air thinking that's a snappy phrase, but actually it carries weight for us. And we're going to start off in Isaiah 61. Now, it, uh, I've got the, the verses will go up, and if you want to kind of jot them down later, I can just let you have the references. But Isaiah 61 is such a profound part of Scripture. It starts with, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim 
to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. What promises they are. What an exchange that God can make in our lives. And then it goes on to say that they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That this, these scriptures, which are the very scriptures that Jesus used when he stepped into his public ministry, almost became his mandate, these scriptures describe to us everything Jesus has come to do. And as we receive the good news of Jesus into our lives, that's what he does. He transforms us. He meets us in our poverty, in our brokenness, in our grief, in our captivity. He meets us and transforms us. So we are oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord. What a contrast. Once broken, now an oak. And then Jeremiah 17 says quite a, a kind of similar thing. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Now, again, we've got this other picture. It's another tree-like picture. And it describes those who put their trust in the Lord, who put their trust in Jesus. Again, it's another kind of image that says that as we trust in everything that God has done for us in Christ, the fruit of it is that we're like a tree and we've got roots. And our roots can have access to the, a stream. And we need not be afraid when circumstances are against us, when there's drought. We have access to the water of life. Boy, is that a verse for these days or what? Okay, is that a verse for the days in which we live in where as a nation there is not physical drought, okay, but there's all sorts of drought in terms of, you know, we're, we're, the environment, the circumstances of our nation are difficult. And God calls us to be those who have a root system that can access water. That we can be fruitful. And then Psalm 1 says this, and this is a, like a gateway to all psalms. It says this, that if we meditate, if we nourish ourselves, our hearts, our minds on the word of God, on God's living word, if we really let God's truth do a work in our hearts, then 
That person's like a tree planted by, here we go again, streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. If we really let what God says and the truth of what God has done in Christ for us, if we let his word into our lives, then actually we grow to be like tree, we're tree-like. And in fact, if you were to read on in that psalm, it, it compares the tree with chaff, okay? Chaff that's just blown away, empty, rootless. In the in chaff, you're just left with the husks, and it, the wind just blows it away. What a tragedy. But what a contrast. That without Christ, we're just blown this way and that way. We don't have roots. The winds of the world kind of blow on us, and we just get blown this way. We get blown that way. Circumstances blow on us. We go this way. We go that way. All sorts of things just blow on our lives, and we're just here, and we're there, and we're everywhere, and we feel like we're just tossed around. But those who trust in the Lord, those who let his word, let this word of Christ dwell in our hearts richly, we'll be, we'll grow roots. We'll be like a tree. Even when the thing's a year of drought. Even when naturally we feel we haven't got it. You know, we're, 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 we feel at the ends of our energies, okay? That actually we will, uh, we will not, the leaf will not wither. There will still be life. And then to turn over the pages and get into the New Testament, uh, we find this, we find Paul writes to his friends in Ephesus and he prays for them. It's great prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. And he says this, that I pray out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, let's hear Paul's heart in this, reflecting God's heart for us, okay? I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, rooted and established in love, it's a fantastic description of everything. It's God's heart for us. He doesn't want us to be tossed this way and that way. He wants us rooted in his love. He's been saying that again to us this morning as we've been worshipping him. It's about being rooted in him. And then just in Colossians, uh, we read a similar encouragement where Paul there writes the church and he said, so as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you are tall and overflowing with thankfulness. It's very much a New Testament word. It's very much a biblical word. It fits a biblical image of being tree-like, okay, of having uh, roots, roots. And as we know, you know, roots on a natural tree, it, it seems like there's like three main purposes. One is to access water. Well, that will be the fruit. The other is to access nutrients, enabling the tree to grow. Well, if we let the word of truth grow in our hearts, that actually we're drawing in from the very nutrients of heaven. The very nutrients of the kingdom of God. But of course, the other thing that trees do, that roots do, 
They give stupidity. And this is where our security is, rooted and established in love, knowing he loves us. That doesn't change. That's not just a, a passing thing. It's for eternity. He loves us. Remarkable. Wonderful. Makes rooted an exciting word. Okay? Right? Quick skip through the Bible. Okay? Let's get practical. Okay? Just going to give some helpful, hopefully helpful hints and insights into being rooted. Okay? What helps us to actually continue to grow in being rooted? And as it were, to see our roots grow in him. How do we do it? Okay? First one is this. Number one, know you are rooted. Know it. Okay? You are already, if you belong to Jesus, you are already rooted. It's a work of grace. God has done it. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You are rooted in him. Done, sorted, settled, unchangeable forever. Good news? Yes, very good. Very good. Quick nod to that one. Good. It's wonderful. It's done. It's not like, well, how do I grow roots? How do I develop my roots? No, no, no. I'm going to say a few things on that. The first thing you know to need, 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 need is this. You are already rooted. It happened. And being rooted in Christ means this, that we're rooted in everything he is. You see, it's not just, I'm put it this way reverently, it's not just that God bolt some roots, spiritual roots, onto our lives and said, okay, Lucy, now you've got your spiritual roots set, now go and live your life. It's not that. It's that actually Lucy is now in Christ, rooted in him, and everything that is true of him is now true of her. Remarkably, actually, Jesus is called a root, can read it in Revelation. He is the root of David. And that speaks about him being the king of all kings. And all the promises of the kingdom are fulfilled in Jesus. We are rooted in that. We don't just get our own personal set of spiritual roots. We are rooted into a story that's far bigger than any of us. It's remarkable. That's our genealogy, you know, to use another example of roots. That's our background. We're in Christ and in his big story. Every promise, every promise of this, all the prophetic words, they're all fulfilled in Christ, and we're now rooted in that story. Which means we can pray the promises of God with faith. Because we're now in Christ. The big story comes through us. It's it's our turn to live the big story. Is that good? 
It's great. It's not just, oh, I've got my spiritual roots suited now. It's nice. No, 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 no. It's far bigger. There's a story of new creation that has been ushered in through what Jesus did on the cross, resurrection, and now ascended, and we're part of that big story. That's what being rooted means. It's remarkable. That's why we can read the Bible and sort of think, these stories, Exodus story, good book, Echoes of Exodus, we think, yeah, it speaks about my story. Well, no, my story being swallowed up by the big story. Wow. Know you are rooted. Know it, know it, know it, know it. And a story has a good ending. This is where this truth really hits home. We know each other. If you're visiting, you know, one of our values is family and care, being together. And just in this room together as people, you've suffered. You've grieved. You've lost things. You've lost dear ones. That's painful. Being rooted helps us at those times of suffering and pain. And being rooted in the big story, please hear this, being rooted in the big story means there's a good ending. We know where it's all going. There's a good ending. We may not see it in our short lifespan here on earth, but believe you this, believe, please believe this, we will see it in eternity. Rooted in big story, it helps our present suffering. I could so go there in terms of other scriptures. I could, oh, I've got a tumble of scriptures going in there, but I'm going to be a very good boy and stop there. Being rooted in the big story helps you with your suffering and your own personal story. It's not all about me. It's all about his story. Second thing, live with him as Lord. Live with him as Lord. Okay? I'm going to try and be, really be practical on this. That scripture, that Colossians one, in fact, could we go just go back to that? I know. Okay, just as you receive, listen to this, okay? Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. This is about the lordship of Christ, okay? And how we grow, how, that, how we get strengthened, how our roots get strengthened, how we grow in being more rooted is learning to live with him as Lord. And just to give, I, I think the best way of explaining that is to give an example. When I'm tempted, and I could be tempted in all sorts of ways, I could be tempted to look at something, be wrong for me to look at, I could be tempted to say something, 
It's wrong for me to say. I could be tempted just to think something. That's just wrong, okay? I could be tempted to have wrong attitude. I get all those temptations plus more. Okay? When I'm tempted, something goes on inside of here, and it basically, it, it's like a battle for the heart. And I've got a choice to make. Who is going to win at that point of temptation? Is it this old, sinful nature of Roger By? Or is it my new nature in Christ, which I also have? And both tend to be a bit of a war with each other. Because sometimes my old sinful nature wants to go after those things I'm being tempted with. Because they look good. They feel good. They think, ooh, that's quite nice to do that. But meanwhile, Jesus has done something bigger and more lasting and actually more precious in new creation. And my new nature, I've got a choice to make. And if at those points of temptation, and we all get tempted, and by the way, temptation is not sin. If at that point of temptation, we say yes to Jesus, which we can because of the new nature, what's happening? Well, we've received Christ as Lord. What we're doing is continuing to live in him, and we get more rooted. It really is. It's where rooted. It's not. It's an everyday. It's an everyday um, thing. Okay. I. 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 It's fascinating. Chris did such a good job last week, just focusing on one verse and really nailing it. Galatians two, verse twenty. Okay. Let me tell you. Don't need to turn to it. I'll tell you what it is. For to me to for, for me to live is Christ. No, it's not. That's Philippians one. <laughs> uh, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Do you know why I know that? Hmm? I used to think. Do you know? Thank you. Um, why I know that? Because I was a kind of long-haired student 19 years old in Brighton, I'd came back to God and I was trying to find what this verse looks like. How do I live with Jesus as Lord? And I stumbled over this verse and to be honest, I didn't have a clue what it meant. For me, you know, for me to live is Christ to die is good. No, no, don't keep saying that one. No, no, I have been crucified with Christ, no longer I who lives. Okay? I'm just proving I know two verses, that's all. Okay. Okay. But... And I learned it. I, put, I wrote it on a grubby bit of paper. I put it in my jean pocket. I, I remember standing at a bus stop in Beventeen in Brighton, pulling out the paper and learning it. I have been crucified with the Christ. I've been crucified with the Christ. It's not I live. And, and I learned it. Why did I learn it? It's for moments of temptation. Genuinely. As a kind of you know, as a young guy struggling with all sorts of stuff and trying to find Jesus in it. Boy, it helped me. Didn't always obey it. I didn't always go that way. 
live with him as Lord. You know, Jesus tells the story about two buildings. One built on the sand, another built on the rock. One lasts, the other gets taken out by testing, storms and whatever. What's the difference? The, the house built on the rock, both hear, they both hear the word, but the one built on the rock hears it and does it, applies it, lives on it, draws from it, is founded on it, is established on it, is rooted and established. Third thing, that's live with him as all. Third thing, just two more quickly. Third thing, roots grow in hidden places. Okay? Roots grow in hidden places. Most oak trees you encounter, you might just see the crown bit of the roots, but you don't see the rest. Or if you do see the rest, there's a problem. Says he who we lived in Seven Oaks during the year of the hurricane, which became One Oak. We saw lots of roots that year. Fruit is seen and experienced by others. Impact and value is seen, is experienced. That's right, that should be. Roots are hidden. They grow in hidden places. It's fascinating. In the Proverbs, you read this, that above all else, guard your heart, for everything else flows from it. And there's this kind of inner places of our lives, the inner man, the Bible talks about it. It might talk about it's our soul. It might talk about it's our heart. Sometimes it's our mind. It's our thinking. It's, it's that which also is difficult to describe, that, that essential, is, but it's in us. It's the inner person. Roots, the, what happens in the in a person is vital for roots. We need to give attention to what goes on inside of us. That's a challenge for every single one of us in this room. You may be thinking, okay, Roger, it's all right for you. You work for the church. Visitors just say, I'm, you know, I work for the church. No, church, do you know I work for you? Because <laughs> there might be some questions about that. Really? Didn't know that. Okay. Going okay. Um, to hear this. You could think, okay, Roger, it's all right for you. I, I guess you wake up in the morning and there's this kind of great spiritual wave that somehow lifts you up out of bed. And then the challenge of the day is this, is to jump on your spiritual surfboard. And basically, I'm kind of surfing through. The, oh, there comes an obstacle, but whoosh, I'll just get by it because this great spiritual wave is going to take me right through to bedtime tonight when I jump off my sleeping, off my sleeping bag, off my surfboard, and then I put my head on the pillow, ready for another day of just... Surfing through. Do you know the biggest danger, I'll be really, really honest, the biggest danger I face in my life, apart from temptation, that's an obvious one, the biggest subtle danger is that I'm very active 
in church life. I spend my life in a lot of meetings. But my inner life can be withering. It's true. I can be very, very busy with church stuff and yet not be feeding my roots. Equally, there's some of you might be living in the most ungodly setting. The most ungodly setting. And yet your roots are growing. They're growing. Because you're feeding on Jesus. Never judge root. It's not about the outward. It's about what goes on within. This is where roots, being rooted, is so, so critical. Don't neglect the hidden That means we've got to develop our own walk with Jesus. We've got to develop intimacy with Jesus. Sunday mornings aren't enough. I love Sunday mornings. Not enough. Develop your own walk with God. There's no substitute for that. You've got to, we've, we've got to learn how to feed on God's word to us in a way that isn't legalistic, but is authoritative and life-giving into our life. If we do that, we'll be like a tree planted by water that will produce its life. We've got to renew our minds, our attitudes. It's crazy. You could, be, you could wake up every morning and read your Bible and you might be quite disciplined in a prayer life but carrying a bad attitude. <laughs> and it's like, meh. Tragic when that happens. We, it, actually, you can get some Christians who know, know their Bible backwards, inside out, whatever, and they walk with judgmental attitudes through life. Bitterness. How else? We, how do we renew our minds and whatever? Read good books. <laughs> I don't just mean good novels, <laughs> although I like a good novel. Okay? Read good books. Uh, honestly, the older I get, the more I value reading books. I, I have this secret worry, which I think I've only expressed to Cheryl. I will not live long enough to read all the books I want to read. Okay? And I really mean that. There are some cracking books there that you read and it feeds something. We can give you recommendations, really. Preaching, teaching, what is all this about? Oh, here we go. It's, you know, up now, Roger preaching, whatever. Now, look, we give ourselves seriously to preaching and teaching. You can go online and listen to a thousand and one better preachers. Truth. That was true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> really. Good. I was waiting for a response. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's true. Because you're all thinking there. Say, yep, it's totally true. A thousand and one. Mm, raise the odds. Ten thousand and one better preachers. Listen, but there's something happens 
about preaching and opening the word of God together and us hearing kind of, even if it's just one thing, there's an encounter with God in that that can do something inside of us. So with preaching, it hasn't got, I've got my notes. You don't need to have, you know, the exact carbon copy of my notes and sort of think, okay, I've got that. But what you do need to think is, what have I heard from God in that? You can think, what have I heard from God in that? And some of you take notes, that helps you. Great, I do that. I take notes. Helps me remember because I forget things. But some of you don't need to. It's just there. But take it seriously. It's a God-ordained way of getting to our hearts. I read a... And and then one last thing about the inner person. (laughs) This was like this morning bump for me. Learn to direct your heart to the right resting places. Park your heart in the right parking bays. Okay? That was literally over breakfast this morning. What's that mean? I get tempted to bitterness or resentment like any one of you. The challenge is what you do with it. Where do you park your heart? I can get angry. I may not explode with anger, but actually I can simmer with anger. The question is, where do I park my heart? Do I park it in the parking bay of anger? Or do I work something through, learn the right parking bays, the parking bay of the peace of God, the parking bay of resting in the Lord, the parking bay of that Jeremy 17, trusting in the Lord. Fear is a big issue today. I don't know if you've realized. (laughs) You only have to look at our newspapers. Fear is a big issue. Anxiety is a big issue. We all feel fear. I feel fear. I'm anxious at times. I'm worried about things. But where do we park our hearts? It's all about roots. And then finally, grow roots together. So we looked at know that we are rooted. Live knowing Jesus as Lord. Live with him as Lord. Roots Know that roots grow in hidden places. Let's give ourselves those things that encourage us inwardly to grow. I, I, I read a quote at the beginning of the year that I read and reread and reread and read the blog, I think, twice, and I accessed it again this, this week. And it's from Andrew Wilson, who wrote that book we were recommended last week. And he said this. He, he wrote a blog on the most attractive quality of a leader. And personally, I found this challenging as someone with leadership responsibilities, which actually is true for many, many people in this room. Not just leadership in church, but leadership in life. Okay? Andrew Wilson said this, the most attractive quality in a leader, and I wonder what you think, dot, dot, dot. I wonder what you'd fill in there. What's the most attractive quality? Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. Vulnerability. I think humility, I'd go there. All sorts of things. Do you know what Andrew Wilson put? Is when the inside is bigger than the outside. When the inside is bigger 
than the outside. We live in a world that celebrates the outside. Let's prioritise the inside. And just the final thing of growing roots is this, is to grow roots together. Okay, we could take all those things I've said and basically end up with a nice set of pot plants together. All nicely lined up. Okay? Get your nice container from Lake Centre. Get your nice container, put your apple tree in it, you know, root it in, compost it, it's nice growing, whatever. And we could all be our trees in our little separate containers. That's not church. Paul's writing, so I put it up there in Ephesians 3, I pray for you that you will be rooted and established in love. When he's praying for you, he's talking about the corporate you. You. Church, be rooted in love. What was happening this morning as we were worshipping and some prophetic words coming through, some scriptures were coming through and a great testimony coming through. What's happening with that? God's rooting us in something together. So, I mean, our roots were growing. If, if you were kind of engaging with what God was doing this morning, something, our roots were getting kind of joined up a bit and growing. We were nurturing one another's roots. That's church. Let's be root nurturing of each other. That's why, you know, again, for me, Thursday mornings, prayer meeting, and I know many of you can't make that, so don't hear this as a, it's not a criticism, you can't make it, because I know many of you are praying elsewhere. But for me, Thursday mornings, the alarm goes. I have this inward negotiation that goes on five minutes more. (laughs) Five minutes at that time in the morning feels like three hours. And I want every moment of that five minutes. And then that five minutes more ends, and I think I'm going to be late if I don't get up now. Five more minutes. Sometimes I even say it out loud to try to justify it to myself. It's true. And then I kind of get in the shower, I begin to wake up. Start of the process. Arrive. Patrick's normally there. Uh, with his chero- cherubic grin. Just glowing. Coffee. Already the world is a better place. We begin to pray. Don't need a lot leading. Something happens. We're praying for our nation. I know many of you are doing like Wednesday evenings at alleys. It's happening in all sorts of different places. But hear this. When I walk out that building, I have faith for this nation. I really do. I really believe. You have different settings of prayer, prayer triplets. Sometimes, you know, there's some spontaneous prayer things that come in. Hey, listen, when we pray together, roots grow. When we build good friendships. Friendships 
Uh, yeah, I love fun. I love having fun with friends. I really, really do. Let's not stop doing that. But when we have friends that go under the surface and they just dig a little bit, not in accusation, but in genuine friendship. Interestingly, two people in this church, someone in this room did that to me this week. Just dug. Just dug a bit. It was so helpful. We're not pot plants. We're not container-grown trees. God's building a people who are rooted together. Let's let our roots overlap, get entwined. entwined. Actually, so that does something to the environment. It gives us stability. In this nation of ero- where so much is being eroded and just slipping away, Actually, imagine this, if churches up and down this land were all rooted together, building true friendship and learning to walk with Jesus and finding genuine faith together and learning to park their hearts in the right bay and not carry fear or anxiety. Imagine that happening up and down this land across the nations of the UK in these years to come. Hey, wouldn't that be great? That's what God's calling us to. It's a big word. Rooted.